For those passengers awaiting the arrival of Amtrak train number 216, the Metroliner, from Washington with service to Boston, that train is now approaching the station. The announcement brought Trask up from his bench in the seating area of New York's Penn Station. Once again, as he had been doing for the past twenty minutes, he carefully examined the entire area around him. The long Columbus Day weekend had turned an already busy Friday into chaos. All trains in and out of New York were delayed, the result being a cluster of fidgety travelers hovering around the huge track board. Trask had watched them with no small measure of amusement. What did the fools think? That by staring unceasingly at the board they could speed up the posting of their track or quicken the train's approach into the station? No more than gazing at your watch can make time pass faster. Trask almost could have laughed. He slid among them in the central concourse his limp more pronounced from the long period of sitting. Bodies rushed past him, many of them students, judging by their sacks and duffels. Trask had to twist to avoid their onslaught. Many seemed impervious to his presence. Time had already been stolen from them. Plans threatened. To the young it was the stuff of nightmares, Trask reckoned, strangely undaunted by the jostling. He was taller and far better dressed than virtually all those around him. His long overcoat hid a hard, taut body honed by practice as well as experience. Part of that experience had been to dive in front of an undersecretary of state an instant before a terrorist bullet would have killed him. Trask ended up losing a chunk of his thigh from the exploding shell and receiving accommodation in return. Not exactly the fairest of trades. He was a courier now as a result, and rather relieved to be out of the forefront. He had been pushing his luck for too long. It was unusual for a field man to have a family. And thoughts of them had begun to intrude toward the end. Today's job was typically bland. Just a routine pickup from the courier coming in on the Metroliner. Trask didn't question the precautions. The same route was never used twice, and this often led to a roundabout trek for the incoming material. The big boys had their reasons, and that suited Trask just fine. A porter he had tipped earlier whispered the Metroliner's track number to him ahead of its posting. Descending the stairs toward it brought him against a horde of arriving passengers. The flow upward resisted his descent, but Trask patiently made his way down through the crowd. He had the bottom in sight when a girl not much older than his daughter lost her grip on a shoulder bag. It tumbled and spilled its contents everywhere, stalling the line's progress. Trask saw the girl smile as he stooped gingerly to help her retrieve her possessions. He saw her hand, too, but simply assumed she was reaching for one of her fallen cassette tapes when it jerked suddenly upward. Trask caught the blade's glimmer at the last. Two years ago, before the leg, he might have been able to escape its path. As it was, he managed only to arch his frame upward the motion throwing the balance of his weight on the bad limb. The leg buckled and Trask was reaching desperately for the railing when the blade whipped across his throat. He was in the middle of a breath when the steel touched cold and fast, and that was where it ended, where everything ended. Trask collapsed into the oncoming crowd, his bulk shoving them backward and catching those closest in the outpouring of his blood. His killer, meanwhile, left her possessions scattered over the steps and rushed upward in pace with the panic that spread through the mass of travelers. Riverstone hadn't been close enough to the stairs to hear the commotion. Instead, he had lingered by the specified section of the train, prepared to pass on the material to Trask and then climb back in for the continuation of the trip to Boston. Impatiently, Riverstone checked his watch, decided he would give Trask another two minutes. A nagging feeling in his gut told him to scrap the mission and reboard the Metro liner now. Riverstone had never been a field man, per se, but his experience as a courier was second to none in his network. 
He'd experienced these feelings before, and there was almost always something to them, yet this was strictly routine, a run-of-the-mill drop quite befitting a man nearing sixty with retirement in his sights. The two minutes passed without any sign of Trask. Riverstone started to climb back on the Metroliner, then hesitated. He had to report the anomaly. Somebody somewhere had fucked up, and he didn't want the blame to fall on him. A quick call from one of the concourse phone banks, and he'd still have a chance to reboard the train before it pulled out. Riverstone swung left and started walking. He didn't want to emerge in the station near any of the Metroliner passengers in case someone other than Trask was watching. Attention to such details was standard procedure for him, even if it wasn't for others. Trask would probably show up to meet the next train in one hour, with a communication snafu undoubtedly to blame. Riverstone realized he had walked beyond any of the exit flights upward and swung around again. Behind him on the left-hand track, another train was coming in from the south. Perfect. He'd lose himself in the cluster of passengers emerging from it as they climbed for the station. Riverstone slowed his pace as the train squealed to a halt.